it's like you need to have the structures, you need to have the direction, you need to have the vision, you need to be proactive. Like, you can't be sitting in a bathtub all f day and just expect, like, money to rain on you like a lot of these people have made it seem, right? Hi, everyone. I'm Allison Ramsey, the host of the Empire Life podcast, and we mentor women from all around the world, female founders who are super scaling their businesses. And today I'm with Amanda Abeya, and I'll hand it over to her to introduce herself a little bit more. Hi, everyone. My name is Amanda Abeya. I'm known as one of the top female sales trainers online. I'm the founder of Make Money Your Honey, and basically my company exists to help women get the tools and the mindset that they need in order to dominate in traditionally male-dominated spaces especially sales. So we're known for sales training of actual sales skills, like handling objections. How do I close? How do I have this conversation? We're known for teaching sales process, like how do you move a social media follower to qualifying, to enrolling, to follow up. And then recently, we've also uh, been teaching a lot on sales systems. So Allison and I were just talking about how um, I named my funnel Teresa because she sale, sells 24-7. She's our hardest working salesperson on the team. <laughs> I love it. I love your crown too. And you're also a previous client of Empire Life. And I really enjoyed working with you and supporting you and seeing your growth now. It was in 2021 and seeing your growth now and talking to you. I feel like we can talk forever and forever, yeah, forever. <laughs> and there's so much synergy and I completely support you now too and what you're doing in your business. And I would like to dive into that more because we started talking in the green room about surrendering this feeling of I need to do everything myself, especially as female business owners and letting go of some of the control around when we start to feel resistance come up with wanting to be in control of everything or do do everything, do all the things ourselves, like picking up kids or writing all the blogs, writing all the emails, taking all the client calls, doing all the things, cooking all the meals, cleaning the kitchen, all these things that women are juggling in the air, a lot of the female business owners. How do we uh, start the process of letting go of some of that control and that resistance? Yeah. So first of all, I want to say that I totally understand because this was really hard for me. Um, and I also want to say that oftentimes this is subconscious programming. And that was my experience. And it's also what I've seen with a lot of clients. So for me, what happened and, you know, when you and I worked together and you helped us get some of our marketing systems squared away, um, I, I consciously knew that I was trying to build something that could run without me. I consciously knew that that's what I was trying to build. I consciously knew that that's what I was moving toward. That was the dream, right? My subconscious was not happy with it. So my subconscious found lots and lots of ways to self-sabotage. <laughs> so my subconscious uh, wasn't happy with it for several reasons. I'll just go into what one of the big ones was for me. There were several but I'll go into one of the big ones and oftentimes what I see in women entrepreneurs, it's codependency. Especially online, there's this conversation of I want to make sure everybody's seen and heard. I want to make sure that everybody's included and taken care of, which is wonderful. That's amazing. 
right? But oftentimes that comes at an expense for women. So the expense looks like still trading time for money. I know you stopped doing that. You stopped doing stuff for people. I stopped doing that years ago. Um, the expense comes at not having team supporting you. The expense comes at not having systems support you. And it, I mean, it, it will come at a cost. Eventually, like I said, I was moving in this direction consciously, but subconsciously I was resisting it. And I hit wall after wall after wall after wall after wall. And it was a good six months of just me having more resistance than I've ever felt in my life, which was very unusual. I usually, you know me, I'm usually like, oh, okay, whatever. And I go, right? But I just could not go for about six or eight months. Like that whole pushing through things was not working for me anymore. I didn't want to work. I didn't want to deal with my clients. Uh, granted, you know, there was a lot of family stuff going on as well. My dad was sick and in and out of the hospital for about eight months. He's fine now. But that was all going on at the same time. Uh, I realized I had built a business that although consciously I thought I was building in support systems, I really didn't because I still had a lot of ego wrapped up in it. So I had to start making different decisions and those decisions brought up a lot of shit, right? Shit like, well, if I'm, I'm a sales trainer, if I'm not doing sales, right? Or if I'm not doing it as much as I used to, like, what are people going to think of me? Mm. That was a big one, right? Or um, which really in reality makes no sense because what you want to do is give other people opportunities to step up. <laughs> and that's the logical thing, right? But in my mind, I'm like, well, if this is what I do and I'm not doing it as much, like, am I am I going to lose uh, the skill set? You know, what are people going to think about me? That was one. I think another one was I still had some issues around trying to like prove my worthiness to clients, which I see a lot of women get trapped in. No, it needs to be me right? Or they're going to get upset. It needs to be me or they're going to get upset. Now I really don't care. <laughs> yeah. I, I on, on our upcoming mastermind, I put in a caveat because I started thinking, what if something came up on the day that I have a call with them? I need to build that in. You need backup built in. Myself or another yeah. coach that I really trust that I'm going to pay that's part of the program because life happens. Because life ends, right? Still feels vulnerable, though, to stand something like that. Yield that in. Yeah, and life was happening all around me for like six, seven months. Like business was exploding, but that came with a lot of problems as well. The dad in and out of the hospital for eight months, and eventually I just cracked, right? I just, I couldn't function. I was barely functioning. Um, And I was like, I need to make some big changes. So that was one of them, like training other people and letting them step up and learning how to train and develop people who work for you. Oh, my God. I could go on many tangents. Yeah. And how people do that wrong. Oh, my goodness. Many tangents on how people do that wrong. And also, like, now the process needs to be repeatable and duplicatable. And I think that's a big mistake that a lot of women don't think about. So now in our sales training, we teach a five-step process that can be plugged into a CRM. You're going to have your scripts ready to go so that when you do hire people down the road, it's already taken care of and it's going to be easier for you. Do you use like video training? and? Yeah, yeah, we do video trainings. We do all that stuff, right? Um, Mostly video training or group where we're role playing with people. That's that's what we do. And and then we have a bunch of digital products that we sell. Teresa sells them, our funnel. (laughs) (laughs) Our hardest working salesperson sells them. 
Um, so, but th there was a lot of ego wrapped up in it, right? There was ego, like if I'm not doing it, who's going to do it? Um, you know, it has to be me. I'm the one, right? And I'd been going around for three years saying I didn't want to be the superstar of this, but clearly my subconscious wanted to be the superstar of this, not because it actually wanted to be the superstar, but because it was a worthiness issue. So I think that happens a lot. Yeah, I, I made a, like we're afraid of upsetting people. I think another thing that happens a lot is for me, this was me personally, every time I would start succeeding, I would start feeling very guilty. And it got, to, I could always kind of ignore it, but then I was like this little voice in the back of my head for a decade plus, right? But then I hit a six-figure month and it's like the, the voice was louder than ever. I was waking wow. up in near pet attacks, like, my was like, this makes no sense, what's going on? Anyway, I got some help for it and come to find out that I inherited survivor's guilt from my family that fled the Cuban Revolution, right? So basically, they had to leave countrymen and family behind. And I always had a story in the back of my head that I didn't want to succeed because I, I felt bad about leaving people behind. I think a lot of people struggle with that one. Maybe your family yeah. didn't flee the Cuban Revolution, yeah. right? And it was that to that end. I had a few, I've had like different kind of readings done. And for me, there was one about sacrifice. Mm -hmm. Like you don't deserve um, this generational pattern where it was telling me and just unconsciously running until I become aware of it and start to, to unlayer, take off the layers of it and process what was actually running in my subconscious about you don't really deserve that unless you sacrifice this. Mm -hmm. Unless you're sacrificing and you're not really enjoying it, then maybe you deserve it. And that's just not true. Yeah. Like a scarcity feeling, so sacrifice. At least in a similar, maybe a little bit different, kind of similar. Yeah talking about well for me it was like you're not deserving of a period because there's you know you've got family members who don't have food today or don't have electricity tomorrow or so it was like very weird because on the one hand it's where i got a lot of resilience from and a lot of appreciation for the tools that are available to me in the united states like i always say if you're not making money off the internet that's your fault yeah yeah you're front yes like it's incredible basically yeah. utility at this point you know with how easily accessible it is but at the same time, I also got a lot of stories like money equals anxiety, of course, because my grandparents uprooted their whole lives and had to start over in a country where they didn't speak the language in their 40s. Or my parents were uprooted from their home country as children because they had to. Mm -hmm. um, they had to get out. Um, and there was a lot of trauma and suffering that happened there. So for me, it was like, you don't deserve it. I was also raised Catholic, so that probably has... Something. Yeah, they weird. Yeah, yeah. Mm, <laughs> Definitely a lot of conversation about guilt and shame. <laughs> yeah, I mean, my mom is super Catholic. It's more like German Catholic, but I still, if I start talking about it, well, even recently, I was telling her, so what was I telling her? I said, I'm going to leave a legacy. This is what I'm going to do. And she's starting to see the fruits of that and understand it more. At first, she's kind of yeah. like, yeah, yeah. sure. It's a bobería, bobería. That's that's just yeah. you in your head. That's you. Yeah, your head and sure. We we all just you know are trying to get by, and you're telling me this, like sure. But then over the years, she's starting to see the fruits of that, and the other yeah. she was telling me just make sure that 
you still think about the people who don't have anything. And I'm like, I do, I do, I do start my own foundation initially related with the cause that I'm really passionate about. But you have to save yourself first. That's what people don't realize. Yeah, yeah, I think you you know, like like your crown, we're all queens of our own fortress and we all even if it's just ourselves in our house, you know, if we live by ourselves, we're still we're still building something. Yeah. And we have a fortress in in my opinion. That's oh, I'll get to hustling versus building. Remind me, <laughs> right? Cuz you just brought up a very good point. And then the final thing that I had a lot of resistance, well, two things, letting people help me. So I had mentors and also friends who'd been telling me for six months, Amanda, just get a bunch of JVs and build a giant referral network. And it was not computing, right? Like the idea of people sending me leads was not fucking computing in my head. I don't know why. I don't know what was going on. It just was. It was like my mentor says it's like you would tell you and it would just like bounce off my forehead. Like it just did not want to go in there. Because I had a lot, a lot of stories around like, am I deserving of this? Am I good enough? Like, is the stuff that we're doing good enough for people to send business over or away like that? You know, so I think um, that was a part of what was going on. And also because I grew up in a household, which a lot of immigrants do, where people are not necessarily that emotionally available because <laughs> things are about survival. You know, there were also some stories that I picked up at the age of seven. The things that you ma- desire don't matter. So I had to work through that one, right? This was all in a six-month period, y'all. It was intense, right? And now is when I have the words to actually talk about it. Letting people step up and help me, that was actually really hard because I was always like, well, I have to do it because nobody else wants to help me because they don't care to help me. Because if you ask somebody, hey, can you help me with this? And then they act like, I don't really want to. Then you're like, oh, I knew. I knew it. I knew, I knew it. And it's like the right. worst rejection in the world. Like it was, it was horrible rejection what would feel. And then, you know, I traced it back to when I was a kid. My parents did a fantastic job, by the way. Like, our parents are just doing the best that they can, Um, you know. And then the final thing was, you know, when I was building out the funnel, you know, my mentor had put me in contact with a couple of people that I interviewed for my podcast, and they said a couple of really insightful things. One of them was, I look at my business like it's a machine. And I was like, oh, my God, this is supposed to be a machine. That makes complete sense. We're supposed to have a machine in the middle, duh, right? So it was like light bulb moment. Um, And that same person that I was interviewing on that podcast, she caught me calling myself lazy like three times because I was like, oh, well, you know, I automated this because I'm lazy and I don't want to do things I don't have to do. She goes, you're not lazy. You're hyper efficient. Exactly. And then we just ended up having a massive aha moment. This podcast is coming out. We'll probably be out by the time this comes out. But this whole moment where she's helping me retrace it back to I always got in trouble, you know, as a child in school, I was the one who get in trouble for not showing my work. I was a type of student that if I could get away with not doing something, I wouldn't do it because why am I going to waste my time? I always saw my time as very valuable, right? But then I would get in trouble for it. <laughs> it is. Right? It is extremely you know, valuable. Uh, you got an you know, I'd get in trouble at jobs. Actually, uh, my most recent boss, she actually just passed. May she rest in peace. But she was great. She was like a mentor to me. But I remember one time, this is very funny, uh, she used to invite everyone over for Christmas every year. This was even after, this was when I was, she was the, the one who owned the recruiting agency that I worked for. And she would invite everyone for Christmas every year. She literally said to me one time, this was several years ago, Amanda, you always got the job done, but you'd skip steps. 
Hmm. I was like, but isn't that like the point? (laughs) (laughs) Like, why are we doing extra things we don't need to be doing? I don't understand. Right. And then I got in trouble at home. At home, I would get called lazy and selfish. So, of course, I start systematizing things. They start getting easier. I'm not thinking, wow, I'm actually really smart and efficient. I'm thinking I'm lazy and making myself feel bad. And that snowballs into adulthood. when you And it snowballs into adulthood. Right. So I had all this resistance piled up. Right. Now, the good news is I was I became aware of all of those stories in like a six month period. It was extremely painful, though. And the business was like failing <laughs> while I was going through this because I could barely function. Right. But then, yeah. Yeah. But then eventually I started coming out of it. Right. I started letting people help me. You know this. I built a referral partner network of over 130 people right now. You know, uh, our funnel, Teresa, is doing sales every day. Zanya, who you know, right, who I trained up and she went through her. She'd be great to interview, too, because she went through her own story of resistance and transformation at the same time. Right. Because, of course, I'm stepping up. So the people who work for me have to step up, too. And then that brings up their resistance. Then you have to learn how to lead them and that whole thing. Um, Yes. But. Um, so she's doing, you know, outbound sales right now as we speak. You know, she went from crying to closing. Sales were thousands of dollars, but like it was a, a very intense kind of process I had to go through to start moving into this space. And I still got to catch myself sometimes, you know, like, oh, Amanda, shouldn't you be picking up the phone more? Shouldn't you be doing this? Because when you've built an entire business based on hustling versus building, Mm-hmm. It's very hard and challenging to move into building. You were doing all those things before and then transitioning for a decade. For a decade, transitioning out of not doing them anymore, there might be guilt or shame or what am I supposed to be doing? No, I'm supposed to be doing this. And then you catch yourself, I wait, I don't need to be doing that anymore. Wait, that's, that's my old programming. And now I have new ideas, new programming right now and yeah that's a good reminder that our work is really never done that it's still some of those ideas might still come up and then we need to rephrase them yeah yeah or reframe you know reframe it so Mm -hmm. you know a year ago if i had built in like video automations and text automations i would have been making myself feel like shit be like you gotta get 100 dms done today Right. And then I'm like, well, actually, no, you don't. What you should be doing is getting on Allison's podcast. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And and she can send traffic your way or catch up with these referral partners or get on a live stream. But those are really starting to pick up right now. Let Teresa the funnel do a lot of the work. Right. And then you have a team member now as backup and she loves it. She wants the opportunity. She wants to step up. Let them do it. Exactly. Yeah, we just keep building on social media because we were just looking this last week and we have over 3 million right now. Dang! And in our reach. Congratulations! Thank you. That I my goal. Like what you <laughs> said, you know, it's like looking at YouTube and how can we have more people there watching our content? How can we continue to have people coming through this machine, this well-oiled machine that it's nurturing them and getting them to the right pathway of what they need. Yeah. Right. So I mean, just yeah. on Twitter last month, it was over 2.2, I think. Wow. And reach just with Twitter. Congratulations. Twitter is blowing up. Thank you. 
Yeah, Twitter's been very active since uh, that whole Elon situation. Yeah. And I'm like, are we still on Twitter death watch? Because this is like more active than ever from what I've seen. It's, it's incredible. So that means we look at our numbers every month. Or I, I do sometimes more than that. I need to back off a little, but it, it leans every month. And then we're like, oh, we need to post more on these or be a little bit more active on these because this is where more of our community is. We got the blue check thing too. I got invited. Well, I've had that for years. I've had that since I was a financial writer. So yeah. I had friends who used to make fun of me for it. They'd be like, Amanda can do whatever she wants. She has a blue check on Twitter. I'm like, really? It's that big of a deal? Like, I didn't realize, you know, people yeah, thought it was like really a joke. Big. You have one yeah. of our biggest followings on Twitter. Like 40,000. A lot of it is from my finance days. Yeah, a lot of it is from my finance days. But anyway, I want to make something clear. I know your audience is a little bit more advanced, but just in case there's somebody listening who's under $250,000, don't even fucking worry about anything we just said about systems. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no. yeah. Uh, that starts making sense past 250, you know, half a million when those things start becoming really big problems and you, you really have to start working differently and making some decisions. So I actually call it, you know, stepping into the empress, not even queen, right? Because I don't want to yeah. be a queen. Like, I want to be the queen of all queens. And I also want to have other queens working for me or sending me business i want other leaders around me and collaborating with them so i actually think queen is not even the i don't want to say highest pinnacle like it like, doesn't do it justice it doesn't, doesn't do it justice it's yeah. the empress i love that that's incredible yeah completely agree with you on that yeah we want to be the empress of our lives and have yeah. our our fortress and making sure that we're taking care of the people in our fortress and then it being able to have the cup flow over so we can then continue to take care of other people outside of the fortress and and expand from there and have a yeah. rippling effect. That's that's my goal. Yeah. And I wanted to ask you more if you want to go into the Empress more of the Empress mindset related with yeah. relationships. With relationships. So you were talking about that. <laughs> Everybody's always asking me about that. I make a lot of jokes that sales and dating are very similar. Yeah, I they are. And people yes. love it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so the Empress is an archetype. She's like uh, the divine feminine. Like that. that is basically what she is. So for example, if we were looking at tarot, I'm looking at a, a tarot picture here. It's not the traditional one. It's, it's this one's Chinese art, I think, right? I just liked the imagery. But if you were to look at the traditional tarot, the empress, you'll notice a few things, right? So number one, there's a lot of wheat growing under her because she's abundant. Yeah. Somebody had to plant the seeds and work the field. Wasn't necessarily her, though. It's true. Right? Wasn't necessarily her, but somebody had to do it. And there's, like, abundance everywhere. The other thing you'll notice is uh, there's debate about this. She might be pregnant. In the traditional tarot, it's it's kind of ambiguous where you kind of don't know, right, in the way that it's drawn, but meaning she's always creating. Um, you know, and then she's the counterpart to the divine masculine. So the way that you would look at it in business, and then we can transfer it over to relationships, in business, right, like Teresa, my funnel would be the masculine, right? She is working 24-7. Uh-huh. 
we have to be proactive in business and we need to have the structures in place. That's working hard, right? So I've had a lot of male mentors and I will I will stop what they're telling me as soon as it sounds like working harder than I have to. Because I'm much more about how do we make the process as efficient as possible and that's more of the feminine. Hmm. And that takes a bit more time sometimes. Sometimes the masculine takes like, more time. Just go do it. Go do it. Just go do it. Just go do it. Like I have I have a friend, right, who was like, well, just do like 100 DMs a day and then, you know, you'll have all these referral partners. And I'm like, great, I'm going to do that for two months and then I'm going to find one person who will introduce me to 250 and I will never have to do this again because it'll just snowball. And that's exactly what happened within a week. <laughs> it's incredible. Yes. But me saying that, that's exactly what happened. So in business context, right, it's like you need to have the structures, you need to have the direction, you need to have the vision, you need to be proactive. Like, you can't be sitting in a bathtub all day and just expect, like, money to rain on you like a lot of these people have made it seem, right? Yeah, At the market. same time, I didn't just tune it out when I see that. I just tune it out because it's, it's not real. True. Yeah, it's not it's fucking real. real right and an empress and a queen they're actually very grounded and a lot of people don't realize that so then the other parts of it is like okay well now let's talk about the feminine parts of business that's like the attraction marketing so you don't have to like hustle as hard you still got to be proactive i still got to follow up with people i still got to reach out to them but the feminine will just automate the whole damn thing so i don't have to physically do it yes because <laughs> she's about the process right we're, go we're gonna work smart around here she's also very relational you know, so things like building referral partner networks work really well because it's all about collaboration, um, you know, and it's how the two work together. I'm obsessed with the integration of masculine and feminine in business and how they work together. So because the obsession started in business, then I got a little bit of an obsession of how this relates to relationships, right? And I started to realize, oh, well, I mean... If, and this is one of our most popular YouTube live streams. I said, if you want to receive more in business, start by receiving more from men. Mm, that's great. Because they want to solve all your problems and they want to help you. They really want to. I describe yeah. it uh, like taking, like there's a space between a man and a woman. Are you, you're bringing this up for me that I explain to a lot of clients. If they ask me, a lot of times their dating life comes up when I'm mentoring because it's so similar and connected, like you're saying, with marketing and sales and their businesses, that like there's a space between a man and a woman, and there's not there doesn't need to be as much of like a rubber band kind of yo-yoing for the woman. I see. Yeah, it's okay for her to take a deep breath and kind of come back and be grounded right. in her space and leave that space for the man. Yes. See, is he gonna move forward? Is yeah. he going to be proactive or take action or is he going to also come back or, or move away from the woman? Yeah. And that's okay because yeah. the woman is still in her space. She's not moving forward to try to force them to do something. She isn't allowing it. Yeah. She's allowing the abundance. Or yeah, there's another person who maybe is a good fit for her and because she's allowing that space, that other person can even come in that space. Well, uh, that's that's kind of the metaphor, how I like the imagery. I mean, that's I like good imagery. That. That's good imagery. And I'm thinking about something that happened to me this week. Um, I had a referral partner 
who I'd sent an email to last week. And he's like, hey, if you don't hear from me, follow up, right? Because it means I didn't see it. So anyway, the weekend happened. I was busy yesterday building something out. And then this, and then yesterday I was like, oh shit, I forgot to email him, right? I was like, whatever, leave it until tomorrow. First thing this morning, I got a response from him. I didn't have to, you know, go do that. I think with the feminine, there's also, you know what I mean? Um, now that's not the case with everything, right? And so I think it's right. also about knowing, you know, which energy is appropriate when. I really don't like this conversation online um, that a lot of women have about, the way men do business is fucked up. You know, I don't want to do it the way they do it. No, the way some men do business is fucked up, right? Not all men. And they will often, it's really funny because I could say the exact same thing that a man will say, right? Same thing. Here are the numbers. Here's what you got to do. All that kind of stuff. They'll take it from me, but they won't take it from a man. And I find that really interesting and really fascinating. Because since I had to learn from men, mostly, I have a very deep respect for them. And I was like, oh, they want to solve your problems. They want to lead. You know, they want to make sure you're good and you're okay. Some of our best referral partners are men because they hear what I do and they're like, oh my God, you're trying to get sales training out to women. What can we do to help you? Like they understand the power that we have. We're the ones who don't fucking understand it. Yes, and and I think supporting one another too in that power, being like, I'm comfortable with you being huge or big, showing up in this big way and making a lot of money from one woman to another. I'm comfortable with you doing that. Yeah, I've actually had less pushback from men than other women. Yeah, I, I've had a similar experience a lot of times. There are even in jobs where yeah, I found it to be less gossipy, or catty, or backstabbing. Well, that's, that's all shadow feminine stuff. I call her the basic yeah. biatch. <laughs> and I say, we all start there, and sometimes we go into basic biatch behavior. <laughs> right? But uh, well, I, I think to evolve. Yeah, I evolved also because I think I used to, when I was younger, which related to things with my mom and sometimes friction there, I used to think, maybe I don't get along with women that well. And I started now, thinking that at some point last year, because what happened oh, last year was, uh, yeah, because after I went through this process, I really started finding my voice. I'm sure you've, you've seen some of my Facebook posts where I've gotten to that level of, I don't give a fuck. I got nothing to lose. I've been through too I much. I love it. Yeah. I love right. It. I, I'm um, in there. I'm there with you. <laughs> I've been there. Yeah. I, I literally don't give a shit. Like, I don't care anymore. I've been through too much. I've sacrificed too much. I've put in the work. Like, I'm about to really take up all the motherfucking space right now. Yeah. And in the beginning, women had a problem with it. In the beginning, right? Now I'm getting lots of thank yous. Oh my God, thank you so much. Same message that I was saying six... Shit, it's the same message I was saying three years ago and no one was listening. But now I think women are ready to hear it. They want the truth. Yeah, they do. And also you accepting that part of yourself and you, the all the space that you take up. And I'm here this is me, you're attracting then people who are going to accept that too. Yeah, and I knew that. I think it's just while I was going through that process, it's like, man, I have all these things to say, but I don't have the words, right? And I would feel it like stuck here in my throat. Like there's stuff I wanted to say, but I just didn't have the words to articulate it. And then after I went through that process, and then suddenly it's like I had the words. Mm -hmm. And people just didn't like the words. At first, you know, like I will still have someone occasionally 
Uh, like I did a post recently. I think you saw it. Where I'm like, listen, here is sales maths. Okay. Fa- hashtag facts, not feelings. <laughs> sales math. You want to do you want you want a functioning business? Here are the numbers that you're looking at. Most women were like, thank you so much because I like um like they had a there's something of, I I don't want to misspeak, but there's something like a RSD or something like there's some sort of like now disorder around rejection or something like that where rejection oh, I haven't heard of like a death to them yeah somebody oh, clowns it okay somebody and I was like what is that and then she explained like rejection like feels like a death right mm-hmm. but apparently it's like a an actual like diagnosed thing now right I didn't know until somebody posted on that and then she was but when I see the numbers I realize it's not about perfection or the rejection it's just about getting the numbers done and I'm like yes exactly but then I have other people comment, mostly women, oh, I don't feel like this is right for me. This sounds like hustle culture. I'm like, you can leave. You don't have to f- follow my profile. Yes, you can scroll on if you don't you like it. How long? Yeah. Right? But they get mad when I call that out. Mm-hmm. And I feel you're, you're going against like maybe a mentor because I've, I've had a lot of clients where mentors maybe in the same time that they're my client, they have a different mentor as well or another one that's more like a spiritual mentor and they'll tell them you need to do less or you need to not necessarily care about... Well, all my spiritual mentors have money and they'll be like, no, here's how you run a business, ma'am. Like, you need to ground it. Yeah, that's important to find one that that does have money because that I think money is directly connected with spirituality too when i see it, yes, like it energy is. energy coming in and out and it's what we say it is basically so yeah. we feel like it's light and it's energy then that's how it's going to be light coming in and light coming out and yeah and i'll tell you well i was making those transitions which i feel like i'm still in them right but in the beginning it did not feel light it was feeling very heavy mm. So actually, while we're having this conversation, it's like, yeah, Amanda, you know what it feels like? It feels very light when it just comes, right? Like, yes. you, know, you know you're just supposed to have fun now. The hard part's done. But again, it's that reminder because, you know, it wasn't fun well, while I was going through all that, you know? And there's always going to be times, there's going to be ebbs and flows. Yeah. And, and being okay with the ebb and all the different layers. I feel like I'm constantly learning and shedding layers and having moments of crying and like, I don't know if I deserve this or how, how is this so successful? Are this just, is this even real? This is real. How is this really happening to me? Is this really happening? Yeah. I find myself asking those questions and then reminding myself I, worked really hard for this or I've had some businesses and I know at this point a lot about business and sales and marketing and so like I do deserve this and keep yeah having this kind of mantra mantras like I deserve this I am wealthy you you put in the reps to master mm-hmm. and what I find and I call this out and some people get mad right what I find is most people are not willing to put in the reps to master something Yes, and I'm still putting in the reps, and I'm like, every day, I've mastered every day. (laughs) Yes, every day. I need to be told that I can do less reps. Like, that's more, (laughs) 
like I think my reps are just different. So like I'll take sales training as an example. I still train all the time on sales, like every day with my team. But now it's a little bit different because I'm more molding them. So the training that I have to get is more about leadership, not necessarily here's how you handle an objection. How do I how do I handle more training people faster, more efficiently, right? And guiding guiding them, right? Right. Or maybe it's around like systems or a process or like, oh, there's a hole in the process. Oh, right. It's more around that, not necessarily, you know, and I still like, look, I've got books here. You know, I've got stuff. We have every script written out. And I I like doing sale because I have a fear of like losing it. <laughs> uh, because if you don't use it, you lose it. Right. But there comes a time where you have to really step up. And, and, you know, as the CEO, you're still like number one salesperson. I'll have people tell me all the time, can I just hire salespeople? I'm like, can you close? No, but can I just like hand it off? Then no, because what person right, is going to stick around if they see that you aren't about your shit and you can't sell your stuff and you haven't validated it? How are you going to train and develop people? It's, it's so true. How can you even make a script if you yourself? haven't done that yeah so uh, but that's again wanting to skip mastery or skip the thing that makes them uncomfortable or the other one that pisses me off by the way i'm allison knows this i'm super spiritual and very i'm just also very grounded the same here right so it's this idea of alignment y'all need to stop using alignment as an excuse to not do things that make you uncomfortable but that need to get done or stop letting your astrology or your human design or your myers-briggs or whatever Stop using it as a crutch, as an excuse as to why you can't do things. So, for example, I was talking to a sales trainer friend of mine and we, we, for some reason lately, we're both hearing, I can't do sales because I'm a projector. I have to like, oh, yeah. So I guess with projectors, um, interesting, you know, they have to wait for an invitation, right? Or they have to invite oh, you. Oh, right. With my, something like that, I'm like, a projector. You don't take that information and say, I can't do the thing that's literally the lifeblood of a business. <laughs> yeah, you have to find a way to create the invitation. You have to find another way to yeah, do this. There's a back door. There's a back door, <laughs> right, to this. So, for example, with me, right, building Teresa, the machine was that. I'm a reflector in human design. Apparently, I'm an A-Power. That's how yeah, my fiance is, and it's like one percent of the population. Or apparently, we're empaths on steroids. Oh wow! Okay. Right, that's really what it is. So I can't. So that's one of the reasons I can't be doing so much one-on-one, right? Yes. Or, or I would rather not in podcasts because this is super fun. But like, I would rather get in front of thousands of people one time, get it done, have the systems running, and then we know what to do on the back end, rather than constantly exhausting myself or i would rather have systems like my whole life has turned into systems but we go obsessed since you and i met because it's like oh incredible if i have to so i have a new mantra if i have to do it more than twice i'm automating amazing amen because because i only have so much energy to give exactly you have a lot of energy but only but there's still only so much you're admitting that i think that means that's hard to admit to myself Okay, like I only have so much to give. Yeah, there's only so much to give, right? So if I can systematize it and clients can follow this and we have our sales training down to within three days, they're getting results. Yeah, if I can systematize this, right? And then people can 
and and the but people will have resistance because again it's that ego it has to be me it has to be me no what what is actually more beneficial right you putting this into a system that anybody can follow or somebody constantly needing you yes what is actually more efficient and beneficial if life happens you have a script already or a loom video or some something that you can write and that's uh we're we're about out of time but i think we need to do a part two (laughs) i think we need to do a part two yeah we have talked about firmness versus kindness I that think we need to, we need to eat a part that for that. And I have another appointment. Yeah, I'll have another appointment come. And I got to do one of my live streams. So, I, okay. Oh, yes. Yes. Yeah, we will. And and for the people listening, you're going to have everything underneath with all of Amanda's social media links and her freebie there. That's about how to create this strong network that she has of JV partnerships and Teresa, uh, Teresa of your own. And... We'll, we'll put that under in the show notes. And as always, it's a pleasure talking with you, Amanda. 